0: Hey, hey, hey! Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to thank some wonderful people. These wonderful people have all gone to Patreon.com/slash/RealDaveJackson to kick a few bucks a month my way and help support the show. They are Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew: Zulgeek, Chris Copleen, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Vacore, Jill, Jeff (formerly Jerf, Kieran, Soccer, ZNA cupcake kyle christian s matt aka stormageddon jd doug leaf jason emery brian Skirsha, randall jake martin jenny e and many more in return for the monthly donation these fine folks get a lot of perks including being able to vote on what games i do on the show today's game the lord of the rings return of the king was the winner of one of those polls so if you'd like to take part if you'd like to support the show that is a great way to do it once again, that's patreon.com slash Dave Jackson. Any and all support is always appreciated. And with that being said, let's get on to the show. buddy. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. My guest today is a friend of the show returning to the podcast for the second time, one of the hosts of a novel console podcast and Lord of the Rings enthusiast, Chris Dominguez. Chris, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back.
1: It's been... A couple of months since the last time I was on, and I'm very excited to be back on. And this time talking Lord of the Rings, even though my wife is not here, yeah. I, I think she's bestowed enough authority on me that I can talk about
0: it. <laughs> right. She's here in spirit, for sure. Yeah. We're uh, referencing when I was on a novel console, your podcast, we did a whole episode just talking about all kinds of Lord of the Rings media, movies uh, video games, TV shows, all of that stuff. We had a blast talking about it. So when it's Lord of the Rings time on Tales from the Backlog, I knew who to call.
1: <laughs> that, that was actually a really good episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that was a, a, a fun time. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I had a good time. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad you're back on Tales from the Backlog because last time you're on the show, we talked about Eastward, which is a game I did not like. And, uh, I am glad to have you back on for a game That I do like, uh, Not, don't want to bury the lead too much here. Today we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings Return of the King game, uh, which is an action game developed by EA Redwood Shores and published by EA Games for the PS2 and Windows in 2003 with later ports to the GameCube and Xbox. We have a special spoiler policy for this episode today, uh, which is we're not doing a spoiler section. We're just going to talk about the game freely because... This is just the movie, The Return of the King. There are no extra story things in this this game at all. So if you know the plot of the movie, you know the plot of the game. And uh, if you don't know the plot of the movie, apologies, but that shit came out 20 years ago and the books came out a whole hell of a lot longer uh, before that. So no spoiler um, wall, no avoiding spoilers for this episode. We have some elevator pitches for this game in particular. Um, I took the very simple elevator pitch. I, I feel like this game needs no further pitching. You can play through the big events of the Return of the King movie. That's the pitch. Uh, my, mine
1: would be uh, proto-Devil May Cry slash Muso but with a Lord of the Rings coat on it.
0: Ooh, it's yeah, not quite Muso, but it's close. Uh, you're still mowing down hordes of uh, of enemies. Oh yeah, you just don't swing your sword and see like hundreds of them go flying off into the distance, like in Dynasty Warriors or something. But y- y- you can get crowded
1: pretty easily, especially oh, yeah. in those stages when you have to like do a secondary objective while
0: also fighting off the horde. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I played this emulated on my steam deck. It was a great steam deck game. I played the PS2 version and it took me six and a half hours to beat, um, with, uh, they said 87% completion. I'm not sure what that means. I didn't beat the game with all the characters or even close to it. Uh, so I don't know how you get that completion percentage, but yeah, six and a half hours to run through the story. So I, uh, I played it on Steam Deck as well.
1: I started it on the GameCube, but uh, Dolphin on Steam Deck has some games that run terribly. Okay. So yeah, whenever yeah. a cutscene would happen, it would j- just stop until it decided to load. Yeah. So I had to download the PS2 version and get it running. Um, but yeah, uh, 6.34, and then you can see your com- your. Uh, completion percentage on your save file it actually mm-hmm. tells you all the information of uh, your whole progress and everything.
0: Gotcha. Wait, is that 634 your completion time? I think so. Oh shit. I forgot to write my completion down. <laughs> <laughs> so I just co-opted your uh your playtime as my own and completion percentage. That 80 at 87% makes a lot more sense now. Um but So I would guess my completion percent is much lower, but the total time is probably still around five to six hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's not a very long game. I I pretty much have been playing it little by little uh, since you invited me on. And then this weekend, I decided to power through the last couple of stages with all the characters Mm -hmm. to get to the end of of the game. And about six hours sounds right. And yeah, that's yeah. what my safe file says anyways, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still laughing about, I, cause I, I tell a lot of people like a little, um, behind the scenes here before we record the podcast, I, I, I kind of tell people, especially if it's their first time on the show, I'm like, my outlines are really detailed. I write a lot of stuff down. It's not cause I have to talk about everything on the outline. It's because I will forget anything that's not on the outline. I'm like Ron Burgundy in that sense. If it's not right in front of me, I will not say it. So I forgot to write down my playtime. I saw yours and I was like, yeah, that looks about right. That sounds like me. (laughs) Um, All right. So back to the game here. Uh, We should talk about our histories with this game, but also talk about our histories with Lord of the Rings, because I have a feeling that 99% of people who played this game played it because they like the movies. So Chris, when did you first play this game and uh, what's your history with Lord of the Rings?
1: So I, I, I played the Two Towers a lot when I was younger because I remember I bought it for 20 bucks from KB Toys because mm-hmm. I had like a little part-time job with my uncle and he would pay me like 40 bucks a week. So spent 20 bucks on it and I played, I played it, To the ground, to the point where I had nothing left to do in the game, and I would just keep (laughs) replaying the same stages over and over again. And Mm -hmm. then when I got to high school, I met this girl from high school who had the game, and she lent it to me. And I managed to play a lot of it, but I did get stuck on a couple of stages, so I couldn't... I never beat it until Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago for my own show. Um, But, it, you know, it's just... Lord of the Rings came out at that time where at least I was like late middle school, early high school, where the movies were just coming out as I was starting to figure out what I like to watch in media. Mm -hmm. And it it just clicked, even though I I still find the first half of Fellowship to be dreadful. The second half is just incredible. And from there on, the rest of the series is just magnificent and Mm -hmm. it, it all makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's Lord of the Rings. It's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, we might say that exact sentence a couple more times in this episode where are like, I don't know. I don't feel like I have to explain it. It's fucking Lord of the Rings. It's great. Um, right? yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like as we talked about on that, um, episode of your podcast, I, I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I watched the movies as they came out again, kind of hitting at that same time. Like if I remember right, it was, what was it like 2001, 2002 and 2003, like
1: yeah, something about. like
0: that. Yeah. So yeah, er, middle school, early high school for me too. And uh, again, just watch the movies, love them. I did not play the Fellowship of the Ring game um, at the time. I, I have since like played it a little bit, um, not a big fan. The Two Towers game was fun. And then, this Return of the King game was the one I played the most of. I had it on the GameCube and kind of like you said with the uh, Two Towers game, my brother and I just played this over and over again. We beat it with all the characters. It was just, we had, like you said, there was nothing left for the game to offer to us at the time. (laughs) Um, And I also played the Game Boy Advance games of the Two Towers and Return of the King, which are cool, like, You play through the story, but they play more like Diablo uh, or a similar type of game than this, which is similar, but like those games are full of like loot and shit. And this game we're talking about today is not. Uh, So I played those a ton too. I have like this very distinct memory of playing one of the Game Boy Advance games. I don't remember which one may have been the Two Towers game uh, on a road trip with my parents. And I was listening to that Good Charlotte (laughs) <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous CD over and over and over and over and over again. So like a couple, like a year ago or something like that, I downloaded the ROM for that game and I booted it back up. And that good Charlotte soundtrack like started playing in my head again because I just have such a strong association. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's
1: great. You know, it, kind of the, the same thing happens to me, but it's uh, Kingdom Heart Chains of Memories with Ludacris' Get Back. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ah, I've never played uh, kingdom hearts chain of memories, but I can almost guarantee it would be a better game if get back was on the official soundtrack.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine (laughs) the the field day that Eric would have with that?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Shout out to Eric. Yeah. Um, we, he would have to include like the complete history of ludicrous in guiding keys. And that is something that I'm here for. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, That would be amazing. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Did you play these uh, Game Boy Advance games
1: also? Yes. um, I actually played the second one. I vividly remember going to a martial arts tournament in Orlando when I was about 13 or 14. And we went one night to this giant flea market. And there was a game store in the flea market with a bunch of games. And... I found it brand new in box, sealed everything for like $10. Nice. So I grabbed it and again, I played it till it wouldn't offer me anything else. I beat it with every single character. And the cool thing about that game is that it has diverging paths. So if you choose to play as Aragorn, you're not going to get the same experience as if you would play as Eowyn or Mm -hmm. Gandalf or any of the other characters except uh, Legolas and Gimli. Mm-hmm. That that was a fantastic game. And then Return of the King, I played it for the first time for the podcast and I enjoyed it, but my nostalgia goggles made me prefer Two Towers more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. You'll have that with uh, Lord of the Rings related stuff. And, you know, I was kind of worried going back to this game because I have basically spent the last 20 years it doesn't come up in conversation a lot, but anytime it did, I would be like this, you know, the Lord of the Rings game for the PS2 and the GameCube and stuff was awesome. And I I loved it back then. And I think it's really good. And I was a little bit worried as I tend to be when I revisit a game for the first time in 20 years. Uh, But this game, I think holds up pretty well, like surprisingly well, I think. And mostly two things stuck out and we'll, we'll dig into these later. Um, two things stuck out to me. The gameplay, I think, still, still feels better than I expected that it would for a PS2 game. And they do a really, really good job of like cinematically merging between movie clips and your gameplay sections. So you really feel like this game is putting you right in the middle of the action. So the goal of the game to me was pretty obviously like making you a part of these scenes. And I think it really succeeds. There's some things that like haven't aged very well or were never good to begin with, but overall I think this game holds up pretty damn well. Yeah. And you
1: know, to to jump off what you said about whenever there
0: was a transition between movie
1: scene and game and in-game engine I think it worked very well whenever it was a scenery or a set piece or like a, a, a background shot from the movie transitioning over to gameplay because you didn't have that weird uncanny Valley golem face being yeah, transitioned yeah. from, you know, <laughs> uh, at 720p 60 frames per second to <laughs> 720p 60 frames per second gameplay in game mm-hmm. engine character models. And it, the the way I, I posted a tweet about it, because I, I just, it it just, I would love to watch the entire trilogy in uh, that resolution that my Steam Deck had from the original games, you know, because it's, it's very, it's a very low quality resolution, but then it runs at 60 frames per second. So it looks incredible, but weird at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, it, it worked. Like I was watching and I was like, wow, this is. This is what I remember the Lord of the Rings being, not this new 4K stuff that they have on Macs or or whatever.
0: Right. It's actually uh, one of the reasons I decided to play it on my Steam Deck instead of playing it like on my PC is because I really like playing PS2 and like that era games on the Steam Deck because the resolution is lower and it just looks better than playing it on like my 4K screen or something like that, you know? Right, right, right. You know it.
1: It made me want to download the two towers and go through it again because it's it's just it it just has such character. Like it, it, the only other game that I could say that feels this good to play from uh, a movie based on a movie would be Peter Jackson's King Kong. Oh, okay. And maybe the Star Wars Episode Three game, because it's more or less the same type of gameplay. You know, you're Mm -hmm. just going through a movie with, and it's kind of a beat-em-up the same way. It's just an age of uh, a time in gaming that's not going to come back ever again.
0: Yeah. This really felt kind of like you just said, like a a product of like this era of licensed games where like, you're still getting games for basically every big movie that comes out, you know, but- this was very clearly made with care from top to bottom. Um, And and I think some of like the special features from this game really like show how much everyone was into the process of making this, Uh, trying to make it the best game that it can be. Whereas you compare it to newer adaptations like the fucking Avengers game and stuff where it was just, you know, (laughs) a lot of that, it's just a nightmare sometimes. And I'm sure there were a bunch of Nightmare licensed games from this era also from the PS2, but this one in particular really held up in a lot of ways. So I'm excited to dig into it. We are going to uh, set, up, set up the story of The Return of the King and then talk about what you do in this game after this music break. So the game starts, you're following the events through the game of the Return of the King movie. Uh, it does make some deviations and it obvi- obviously skips a lot of stuff. It basically moves you from battle to battle. It skips all, you know, long dialogue scenes, etc. cetera. Uh, but you're moving from big event to big event. And one thing that we already mentioned that I think is really cool and sets up like the, the storytelling and cinematic quality of this is it uses clips from the movies It is a licensed game, and that includes using clips from the movies, using the real actors from the movie to voice most of the characters, and it starts with a clip from Helm's Deep from the end of The Two Towers. You get like a montage, just in case somebody had not remembered what happened in The Fellowship and The Two Towers, you get like a catch-up montage, then it plays some clips from Helm's Deep. And then they show the clip where Gandalf is at the top of the hill with the Rohirrim and he charges down the hill uh, when the sun rises, you know, that, that scene that gives me goosebumps every time I see it. And as Gandalf and all the horsemen are charging down the hill, it transitions into gameplay, like seamlessly. And you're on the field fighting as Gandalf right there. And it's a really, really awesome intro to like, how this game works, basically, the seamless transition from movie clip to gameplay into movie clip back to gameplay. It, it's just a great introduction. Plus, fucking Helm's Deep. Who doesn't love Helm's Deep? Right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I gotta agree. Hit that that intro
1: is it's just fantastic. And I, I feel like they could have made it not better, but like if they would have done the same thing where uh the force unleashed did that they at the beginning of the game they let you play as darth vader and you're super powerful Mm -hmm. and you can wreck shop and everything if they would have made gandalf like level 10 just from the start so you can wreck (laughs) everything and then if they just they could have just taken gandalf away for the rest of the game until the end and giving him back to you but
0: that's probably true it was a great intro yeah um You do start out as level one Gandalf, but you're still you're still whooping ass right from the beginning. It's not like, you know, this isn't a super difficult game, like from that perspective. But yeah, so you play as Gandalf in Helm's Deep. Uh, You fight off the invasion as the movie goes. And then from there, you get into the events of Return of the King. And this game is broken up into three story paths. Uh, They're called the Path of the Wizard, which follows Gandalf. The Path of the King, which follows Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and then the Path of the Hobbits, which follows Sam and Frodo. In the Path of the Wizard, you do Helm's Deep at the beginning, then you do the Battle of Isengard with the Ents, and then you do the Battle at Minas Tirith. On the Path of the King, you do the Paths of the Dead, where uh, Aragorn goes to get the Ghost Armies, uh, you know, vow to help in battle, and then you do Pelennor Fields. And on the Path of the Hobbits, I think I forgot to write down a couple levels, but you know, on the Path of the Hobbits, you do Escape from Osgiliath, you do Shelob's Lair, and then Sirith Ungol. Then at the end, the paths join together for the battle at the Black Gate, and then the last level is a boss fight against Gollum inside of Mount Doom. So really hitting like the hits along the way. Basically all the battle scenes, you're there. And they they also do
1: stuff that wasn't even shown in the movies that I don't even think even happened, like Sirith Engle going in with Sam to rescue Frodo, because in the movie that part was just Shelob, then you go to Aragorn and Gandalf, and then you come back and it's Sam is breaking in to get Frodo. Mm -hmm. So you don't really get to see that whole part of Sam just sneaking in, which... That that has to be de- hands down my favorite stage in the entire game. That stage was incredible.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. And it, it came at a good time, too, because there were a couple levels before this. Uh, specifically, Pelinor Fields is like, in my opinion, a terrible level. It's awful. It lasts like five minutes. It, it's not long at
1: all. And, and you just swarm the entire time.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really bad shuttle run of like, uh, so I forget what, oh, I forget what they call the elephants. They call them Oliphants. Uh,
1: so. Oh, oh, that one, that one. I thought you meant the one with the gate before that you have to open uh, the gate and. No, that one was no, simple. Okay. No, no, the Oliphants. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The one where the Oliphants are coming in and you have to like, there's two ridges and then there's the valley where the battle's taking place and you have to like go up the the correct ridge and shoot all these powder kegs on the Oliphants back. And then you have to run down and protect Eowyn from the uh, the Nazgul. And you have to do that shit like eight fucking times. And you have to do it perfectly. And it sucks. Uh, Pelinor Fields is one of the best parts of the movie. And it's my least favorite level in this game. Like by oh, yeah. far.
1: Yeah, I, I did that one three times because I did it with Aragorn Legolas and Gimli. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I saved Gimli for last because he's the one that hits the hardest. yeah. <laughs> and his axe throw has an arc, So you can hide behind rocks whenever the Oliphants are coming and they're throwing their flaming arrows at you. you just hide behind the rocks. And because the axe has an arch, you can just keep hitting them
0: oh, without nice. taking
1: any damage. Good so strategy. I, 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 I smashed my head against the floor with Aragorn and Legolas and then just had a breeze with Gimli. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, I, that was one where it was like, if I played really well during one of those little segments, I save stated because I'm like, well, I'm yep. going to fuck this up at some point. So I'm just going to save state when I'm doing really well, and then I'll pick it back up and do well again, save state again. That was how I got through that level. Um, but back to the the real winner, which was the Seereth Ungol level, that was like directly after that in the order that i was playing the levels and that was awesome you just you're you play as sam you go in you beat the fuck out of a bunch of orcs it's it's great
1: you have to kill 80 orcs with sam (laughs) and you don't have to kill 80 orcs by fighting them because you have like fire pits that you can throw on them you can throw burning oil you can smash them with gates
0: yeah there's catapults yeah it's so
1: so so much fun I had a, a bit of an, in, uh, an issue when I started, cause you know, there's like this one enemy with a health bar that you have yeah. to heavy hit until his armor breaks and then you can do damage.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't know that if you went invisible, you can auto kill it. So once I learned that oh. every time I saw an enemy with a health bar, I would go
0: invisible and kill it automatically. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm trying to think of other, like, so standout levels. I think the battle of Isengard is really well paced. Uh, You're fighting alongside the Ents that introduces you to that system where they'll put up a counter and they'll just say, you know, kill 60 orcs and then you can move on. But you have the Ents fighting alongside you in that. So they're just like smashing orcs in the background and they count for your counter too. Uh, So that's cool. That has one of those awesome like transitions. So one of the Ents is trying to pull the dam apart at the end of that level and you're supposed to protect him from like the, the archers that are shooting flaming arrows at it. And when you do it's, it gives you a CGI cutscene of it pulling the dam apart. And then it like smoothly transitions into the part from the movie when he pulls the dam apart and the, the water rushes in and destroys everything. Ah, it's, it's the cinematic like presentation of this is just
1: awesome. Yeah, they, they, they definitely knew what they were doing. They put a lot of heart and passion into the game, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, my wife was telling me that the games came out before the movies, like a month or so before the movies. It's possible, man. Uh, I didn't check on the release dates, but... And if they came out before the movies, if I would have been sentient at that time, um If I would have played this before the movie came out, I would have been so hyped for the movie because it gives you a lot of the action set pieces, but it doesn't give you the story. So you still have something to look forward to Mm -hmm. when you go to the movie theater to watch it. And I I think that's just
0: brilliant. It did. It came out a month before the, uh, the movie did. So yeah, you're right. Wow man, I wish I would have been an adult with money at that time. <laughs> I, yeah. I was, I was thinking like, well, I would have hated to be spoiled on the story from the, from the game, but there, the books had been out for decades. So it, what spoilers really, I suppose. Um, did you have any other favorite levels or like moments that this game is uh, taking you through? You know, honestly, I, I think the
1: entire Hobbit path was my favorite of the entire game um i did like what's it called the path of the king but those first two stages were they're not bad stages but they are bad stages to start a game with because you have aragorn legolas and gimli and they are so under leveled they're level one and you have these enemies That just bounce all over the place when you hit them or knock them back and you don't have your auto kill attacks yet and you don't have your abilities so that you can get a perfect score running quickly. So it, it, they just seemed like a slog. So I just chugged through those first two stages just to get them over with. And then I played the rest of the game as I felt like it. Gotcha. I don't know if if that makes sense.
0: I don't remember the first level from The Path of the King. Was it The Path of the Dead or was that the second one? Yeah.
1: It's the one where you're walking to the bridge of the dead and that's where it ends. And then the other stage is when you start fighting with the the king of the dead.
0: Right. I like The Path of the Dead level a lot. Maybe Maybe it's because that's another part that you don't see a ton of in the movie. Right. You don't spend a lot of time in that that mountain where the dead uh the dead army is but in the game you spend a while just going through fighting these ghosts um, the scenery is really cool the part where you go up to the bridge of the dead looks really really good like by ps2 oh, yeah. standards like the framing of it looks awesome so i always like that um that king of the dead boss fight lasts a little bit too long but uh, you'll have that and, um, and so
1: so do every other one of all the other boss fights, they last a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And it's weird when you start a stage and the first thing you get is a boss fight, like in the Black Gate, you have to fight the Mouth yeah. of Sauron.
0: It's strange, but it's still a great game. The Black Gate was another one that I had to save state my way through because it's kind of like a an escort mission or like a protection <laughs> mission. Like you have to fight just millions of orcs, but you also have to babysit the other characters to make sure that they don't die. And I played the black gate as Gandalf. And so I was just constantly like babysitting Gimli, like the whole time. And if, if, if Gimli or Legolas or one of your other characters die, then it's game over. So I save stated through that, but that scene in the movie or in the, in, in the books in the story is a very desperate scene for the characters. like, they think that they're all going to die when they're doing that. That's kind of the purpose of it is just fight as long as you can and give Frodo time. So, right. I mean, it, it kind of gave me that feeling, but getting game over, over and over again, because like, like I said, cause Faramir dies, like I'm not a huge fan of that. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I did save state through that
1: one and I only went through it with Aragorn. I, I didn't go back and, did it with everybody else but yeah it it was it was kind of annoying when gimli was getting his ass beat and then gandalf decided decided to stop being stop being useful and then legolas decided to get in a mob of orcs and start shooting arrows from inside the mob it's like right like like everybody i got uh Fox flashbacks with everybody calling for my help like Mm -hmm. i need help too (laughs)
0: I think the Ozgiliath uh, level from the Path of the Hobbits is a really good one, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the first one on the Path of the Hobbits, and it starts out with another one of those awesome scene transitions. It's the the scene where Frodo just kind of like stands up and is kind of like holding the ring out, and the Nazgul is going to grab him, and Sam jumps and knocks him out of the way. It's another one where like you see that scene play out in the movie clip, and then it transitions right into gameplay. You're playing as Sam, and it's on. And that level is all about like staying out of sight from the Nazgul. That's kind of flying around fighting these orcs. You've got a bunch of like traps. Like there's this one where you push a big bell down a staircase and just flatten a bunch of orcs. They, they really set up a bunch of cool little set piece moments in these levels. That's another reason why I like the,
1: the Hobbit level so much because they set up all of these little environmental cues that would do the job for you because you know hobbit is like three feet tall so right <laughs> you're not going to have a hobbit kill a, a, an Urukai. but they gave you the tools to take them out and like in shelob's lair you could have the spiders come out and start attacking the orcs or you can send mm-hmm. fire to webbing and the webbing would drop flaming bodies on top of the orcs or the spiders you know yeah all of those environmental cues for the path of the Hobbit were very smart and I, I've really enjoyed them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really fun. Looking at the, uh, the rest of them, the Minas Tirith level with Gandalf part one, you're fighting up on the ramparts and like kicking down siege ladders and stuff. And once I remembered how to kick down the ladders, I had to go on game facts and search how to do it. Cause I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Once I figured that out, that level was pretty fun. You're manning, like, a catapult. You're shooting down these siege towers and stuff. Uh, that was cool. And then part two, you're protecting the civilians as they run into the, uh, like, the the caves or whatever. Uh, that part sucked ass. That was just, like... You didn't like that one? No, because it was just, like, all you're doing is just fighting these endless swarms of orcs and... There's nothing else to it. It's just, you have to wait. It's almost, it might as well just be on a long timer and just stay alive until it's over. I mean, you do have a timer of
1: 200 people, but you know, the yeah, orgs exactly. keep killing the I time. Mean. So
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really didn't mind that part. I liked it specifically because I kept using the, the four button triggers for Gandalf and mm-hmm. I would get perfect on one enemy and then just keep getting perfect like crazy. It is pretty um, sick, and, Yeah. And then when the when the trolls came in, I I, I kind of hated the trolls in this game because they were kind of hard to deal damage to. But if you were able to deal damage to them from a ranged distance, then they were they were it's like they were made out of paper mache. Cause yeah. you would charge up one shot and take out like 75% of their health. Oh, it it, 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 they were, they were kind of annoying. They, they were nothing enemy compared to the rest of the, the monsters that you had to fight.
0: Yeah. The, the trolls were always easy because any level that has trolls also has these big, you know, containers full of spears and one spear right. kills a troll. You just go grab it, throw it at the troll. It, it auto aims. You don't have to really aim it that much. Um, So they're pretty easy. You can't, I I was hoping that you could kind of fight them one-on-one, you know, Gandalf should be able to fight a troll, but. You can, but
1: you can't parry. And if you get hit, you fall down. And it's like, they're, they're like, oh, go fight it. They make it seem like you have to go fight it one-on-one. But then when you do, you're just sacrificing a bunch of your health for nothing
0: the last level is fighting against Gollum inside of Mount Doom where you have like this kind of puzzle boss fight where you have to dodge and attack and get him to back up close to the edge. And then you can kick him off the edge and you have to do that like eight times or something like that for him to finally fall in. Uh, But what I think is funny is this game lets you play any level you get to pick from a certain set of characters for each level, but then when you beat the game, you can play any level with any character. So then at the end, if you want to do the fight against Gollum while playing as Gimli or something like that, you can
1: <laughs> it just picture Gimli swinging the ax at Gollum's fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's goofy
0: as hell, but that, that's right. after you beat the game, the developers like, all right, yeah, have your fun.
1: Yeah. And, and they gave you three characters, uh, after you beat it, they give you Merry and Pippin and Faramir to play as right. on any stage. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the total characters that you can play as, yeah, Gandalf, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Sam, Frodo, Faramir, Merry, and Pippin, uh, which is, is quite a lot of characters. And a lot of them, like they don't play super differently because we'll talk about the gameplay. It's not like Extreme differences between the characters. They all have melee. They all have ranged attacks, etc. Uh, but the animations are all different, and um, yeah. the special moves are different. So it's pretty cool. Do you know if this game was mo-capped? I think so because I watched some of the special features, and I think I saw people in mocap suits. Okay, because I know that some of the
1: uh, insta kill animations are do scream early 2000s mocap, um, mm. <laughs> but but the rest of it, it just looks like it was animated by hand, but
0: still it 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 looks great and it plays great. So <laughs> yeah. Speaking of those unlockables, when you're moving through these paths of the story, so like you'll play a level and then you'll unlock like a an extra scene or like a behind the scenes clip or an interview or something like that. And I watched all of these and I thought they were excellent. And I thought that they, because it's interviews with the cast. So it'll be like, here's an interview with Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. And they're just going to like <laughs> talk shit about how bad the other one is at video games. And it's, it's just, right? a, they all seem like such like friends. They all seem so happy to be a part of this. Like, how could you not be? But this really hammers home just how like, Everyone seems like they're having a good time making this game. And like when you get to see these interviews, even fucking like Christopher Lee looks like he's having a good time. He's the man's like a hundred years old and he's having a good time doing this.
1: Yeah. I, that, that I wasn't expecting to see that Christopher Lee interview and that, that was something special. And the Ian McKellen one, he was so young. Back then he was like 60 years old, but he was so young. (laughs) And at the end of his interview, he says, maybe those uh, players that are a bit more perceptive will play as Gandalf. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll play as Gandalf. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll be be perceptive. For for you, you, Ian McKellen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Worth mentioning now, I I mentioned they got a lot of the voice actors for the characters and it's a surprising number. So like Sean Astin, Billy Boyd, who plays Pippin, uh, John Rhys-Davies as Gimli, Sean Astin as uh, Sam, of course. Christopher Lee as Saruman, Ian McKellen as Gandalf, Dominic Monaghan as Mary, Andy Serkis as Gollum, uh, David Wenham as Faramir, and Elijah Wood as Frodo are all in the game voicing their own characters. That means they they did extra work recording voice lines for this game, which I thought was notable. Like, the only missing ones that I could tell... Uh, looking at the credits and then while playing the game, is Orlando Bloom is not a part of the game. And um, Vigo Mortensen is also not here. So Legolas and Aragorn have like sound-alikes, I believe, uh, outside of the movie clips. I, I think
1: some of, at least the, the part where Aragorn is screaming at the uh, Lord of the Dead I know that's ripped straight from the movie because it is the exact same line that my wife has made me listen to every single year when she has her marathon. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, do,
0: they do take some um, just movie lines and put them straight in the game from the right. movie, yeah. And uh,
1: I, I also noticed that Andy Circus was voicing Gollum because it was not edited at all. It just <laughs> sounded like Andy Circus doing the Gollum voice. It didn't have any uh, of the special <laughs> effects to make it more golemy. And I was like, wow, that is impressive. <laughs> yeah.
0: There is also narration between and after each level by Ian McKellen, just kind of like setting up the scene. And then after the level is over, just kind of giving a recap and then a like, here's what's next type of thing. And I, maybe I didn't play enough of these games. Maybe it's because I haven't played one in a long time. But it felt really notable that a lot of the high-profile actors are here doing extra work. I don't know, maybe it's in their contract. I don't know. But it felt notable that so many of the actors from the movie are here being a part of this. You know, as my wife tells me, they recorded
1: the, the whole three movies. The trilogy was mm-hmm. recorded in one go they didn't record one movie leave come back record the second movie leave no, Right, they just right. Did the entire yeah that's what she says i i don't know if she's telling me the truth but you know <laughs> that's what she says um so i i feel like because of it being lord of the rings and the movies being so amazing and the way that people love them i feel like they connected with these characters in a way that they feel like they are these characters mm-hmm. and they have to embody them every single time they can because I don't know if you've seen the convention videos of Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan and Sean Astin and Frodo, but they are, they, they talk with such love about these characters and how they feel about them and how Mm -hmm. recording the movies were and everything. So I don't know if they did it because they just love the characters or because they were obligated to, but either way, I'm sure they had a great time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really shows. Um, it, one of the, really big standout things and i i don't normally watch a lot of these like unlockable cast interviews and stuff in in games or back when you know dvds used to have this kind of stuff i didn't always watch it but i made a point to watch it in this because after the first one i was like oh these are actually really good you can also see like concept art slideshows for stuff for making the game um interviews with the actors about their character uh the difference between their character in the movie and in the game like some of the hobbits talk about how you can finally just go kick some ass as hobbits and how they were excited to you know play as their own character and go stab a bunch of orcs and stuff it's just very charming How did you feel about the way the game looks and like the, the presentation of it? I running it on steam deck. I really like the way it looks.
1: It's it's just that the way that the steam deck makes this game look with the uh, uh, emulators built in uh, upscalers and everything. It just makes it Mm -hmm. look kind of like what my memories remember it looking like, but also making it look, dated like you know the textures and stuff it, it kind of looks old but it looks good still somehow um mm-hmm. you know there, there were the the moments where you had like the uncanny valley faces like Gollum, or whenever you had a, a close-up of frodo's face or or sam's <laughs> face and their eyes were like not quite right and kind of mm-hmm. like sunken in yeah but the way that the game looks and, and the way that it moves and moves so fluidly when you're playing and I, I think it looks great i i honestly think it looks very good
0: yeah i i think that a lot of that you know having weird faces and stuff that's just the ps2 so like we can just chalk yeah. that up to this era of 3d you know character models and stuff like that but the way everything is presented very cinematic tons of spectacle the way the camera swings around to give you like different perspectives and kind of frame up a shot and stuff like that uh looked really good to me it made me think a little bit of god of war at times it's kind of a similar type yes. of game um it never quite reaches like god of war level spectacle but not many games ever did back then that's why god of war was so notable but it did have an aspect of that so some scenes, you know, when you're fighting Oliphants or when you're on the Bridge of the Dead and the camera pans way out to give you, like, the full scope of the the place that you're in. Things like that uh, really stood out as very cool. Yeah, some, some developers on the
1: PS2 really knew how to present scale, like mm-hmm, yeah. God of War did, like when you're crossing the sword, to get to the i think it's to get to the statue that's holding it in God of War 1 mm-hmm. they present that whole uh i think it's like a harbor and it looks amazing and i feel like sometimes in this game whenever they would present stuff like that it looked just as good um the one where you you're in the gate to go the gate where you have to fight the two trolls and knock down the tower so you can climb up and open the gate mm-hmm. when that stage starts it kind of has like that same type of camera work where the camera comes from over the gate and it shows you kind of like the entire battlefield and then it just gets behind the heroes for you to start the the stage they they've really did good work with that and i think in the in the part where you're escaping with Sam and Frodo, that first level, they do some camera work like that. That is pretty good too.
0: Yeah, because you're you're trying to hide under stuff to escape the Nazgul's right. uh, like gaze. You've got a meter of like how you know how much the Nazgul knows where you are or whatever, um, and the camera swings around to give you a bunch of different perspectives to let you hide under stuff. Uh, to kind of show you the stuff that you need to see to escape. So yeah, really cool. I just remembered there's one part in one of the big battles, it's either Minas Tirith or Helm's Deep at the beginning, when you're, it's Minas Tirith, because you're up on the ramparts fighting, and off in the distance you can see the, like, the orc army but they're all pixel right. art. they look like like Super Nintendo pixel arts, and I thought that was really cute.
1: <laughs> right, and they're all just like running towards the <laughs> the the gates, but they never get there. <laughs> right
0: yeah, it was like obviously the p s two couldn't have like you know a thousand real you know characters on the screen at one time. so I thought that was like a nice, fun little compromise uh to show that there are there are a bunch of things out there. Right.
1: Right. That, that stage was, was frustrating and good at the same time. I, I liked it, but I kind of hated it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Again, some of those stages do kind of sell like the desperation of a lot of the situations in Lord of the Rings. Like they basically every fight they fight is like an unwinnable battle that they end up winning, you know, like they're outnumbered, in every single fight that they're a part of in those movies so like they do kind of sell how desperate it is but as a game player what that means for you is that you just fail a bunch of times and get game overs and have to restart the level So kind of speaking on the gameplay itself, I think we can talk now about what it is like to actually play this game. The developers said that they wanted to make a modern version of Gauntlet when they were designing this game. I've never played Gauntlet, so I can't really speak to that. Have you? I can I can see
1: that. Um, I played Gauntlet 64. Um, okay. It's... How can I explain it? Okay. So you have at least in gauntlet 64 you could play up to four people each one would have a different character so you would have like the warrior the mage i think the amazon and the archer whatever mm-hmm. and everybody would attack and when they would attack what they would do is they would throw their weapons so it would be kind of like a shooter a a, a twin a twin stick shooter without the second stick Mm-hmm. And you would walk around, destroy like the little hovels where the monsters would come out of, collect loot, and just rinse and repeat until, okay. yeah. And I, I can see that. I can see the inspiration in this game from Gauntlet. And nice. That, um, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, just a little light research uh, Tales from the Backlog style, light research before doing the podcast. Um, Yeah, so the modern version of Gauntlet, uh, they set it up so, again, you can play as lots of different characters. And again, after you beat the game, you can play any stage as any character. Should be kind of fun if you, again, like you have the level in uh, Osgiliath where you're escorting Frodo out playing as Sam. But then on later levels, you can be Faramir escorting Frodo out of there if you want to. It plays with a light attack, heavy attack style. Uh, Light attack on X, triangle is heavy attack. And if you hold L1 and press X, you'll do a ranged attack. Everyone has a ranged attack. So like Gandalf will shoot magic out of his staff. Aragorn and Legolas have bows. Gimli will throw axes, stuff like that. Everyone has the same basic setup. What's really different is what weapons you're using. And then the animations are often pretty different for each character. Like the difference between Gandalf will, cause he Gandalf fights with the staff and a sword. So he'll like bash someone with his staff, then stab him with the sword. Whereas Gimli, if you do some of these special moves, you can unlock Gimli will be swinging the ax around like a madman. Uh, so despite the fact that everyone plays pretty similar, they look different. And I thought that was enough to make them feel different too. Yeah, and and while you do have a light swing, heavy swing, kick,
1: parry, and range attacks, um, like you said, everybody's fighting style is kind of reflective on their personalities. Like Sam has an insta-kill where he basically trips up over the enemy and sees his opportunity and just slits their throat. Yeah, While you have Gimli... (laughs) pirouetting his axe like if he was Anakin versus Obi-Wan knocks down the orc and then just cleaves them in the head and then you have Aragorn pulling out his boot knife to stab somebody for a finisher Mm -hmm. you know that they did give you kind of like the same uh, combos and everything for all the characters but they all have like their the personality of the character put into their animations
0: yeah yeah like Legolas is really, really graceful in his animations. Whereas, you know, Sam is not uh, when you're fighting as Sam. So they do have (laughs) some good personality. Um, You uh, can unlock special combos uh, as you play through. After each level, you get taken up to like a level up screen, basically, where you have a kind of not a skill tree, but you just have a list of unlockable stuff that you can uh, spend your experience points to unlock between each level and one thing i think is really cool about this is each character has their own unique abilities that you can unlock Um, but they all share several unlocks Uh, like you know an unlock that will give you extra health or there's a, a move called the orc hewer that you unlock really early in the game that's basically a combo that just really it just fucks up orcs Attack is the goat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's just, and as someone who doesn't really do well with memorizing and then executing combos in games, I was like, oh, this one's easy. I'm just going to do this forever. <laughs> it looks great. The animations are awesome. You know, do that forever. Um, but one thing I thought was cool is you can spend, let's say you can spend like 5,000 experience to unlock the orc cure for one character, or you can spend 20,000 to unlock it for everybody. And I don't think I've played many RPGs or games like this where you have a system like this, where you can spend extra to unlock this skill for everybody that's available in the game. I don't even think
1: the two towers had that. I think the two towers you had to pay individually
0: per character. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been forever since I played that. But I thought this was really cool because like, let's say you let's say you play through the entire game, um, but you didn't really touch Gimli when you played. Uh, So now you're going to replay the game and you want to play as Gimli more. Well, you don't have to waste a bunch of experience unlocking a bunch of stuff because you've probably unlocked a bunch of stuff already for Gimli by playing as the other characters. And the more you play with the other characters, like the less you need to spend with Gimli. So now you can spend more on his own skills and then maybe clean up a couple others to buy for the entire fellowship. And by the time you get to like character number three or four, you're starting with a bunch of skills. As soon as you hit the level that that skill is at, it's already unlocked and you don't need to spend more. So like, it's always an issue when you like, play as new characters in games that let you swap characters but like you have to grind to level them up or something and in this game it's not really like that they do level up and you do have to spend time or at least be careful early on until you can level them up a few times but you don't have to waste a bunch of experience unlocking the same skills for everybody and it's uh just kind of like smooths that out because i think they do want you to play with lots of different characters So what
1: I was going to say, it's along the lines of that. I feel like having that option to purchase, to spend that little bit more to purchase the skill for everybody respects your time as a gamer. Yes, yes. And the great thing about that, like you were saying, is once you level up, you already have it. But once you level up while you're playing, as soon as you hit, let's say, level four or level three or level five or whatever... If you bought those abilities with somebody else, you have them immediately. So yeah. you don't have to wait for the stage to be over to use, you know, the, the orc insta kill, right? You already have that as soon as it says that you've reached a level. Right. And at least when I played it, I, I went through, I think it was the first three stages of Aragorn's of, of the path of the King with all three characters with Legolas, Aragorn, and and Gimli. And by the time that I was done, I think I was like at level eight, level nine. So I had, and I had so many experience points that I had bought everything up to that level for the entire fellowship. So Mm -hmm. when I played with Sam and uh, Gandalf, I already had those abilities every time I would level up. It just felt like I was progressing through the game without, having to
0: suffer the growing pains of playing a game with a brand new character. Right, exactly. It just speeds up that progression because you've already done the work and this game, like right. you said, respects your time enough to say, we want you to have fun when you unlock these new characters and get right into it rather than, you know, oh, well, I, I got to buy all these skills again. So let me, I'll grind the first two levels 10 times each or something like that. You For a game that, Again, I think that when you unlock those characters at the end and it's like you can play as Mary and Pippin and Faramir and instead of being like, oh, fuck, I got to level them up. You're like, OK, I've unlocked a bunch of stuff already. So let's roll.
1: And then all you have to buy is like their personal stuff, like their upgrades for their ranged weapons, their mm-hmm. upgrades to their speed or, or their stamina or whatever. So what you're buying is stuff just specifically
0: for that character that's not even that important. Exactly, so all put together, like you know, fairly simple gameplay, hack and slash style gameplay, uh, with all of these unlocks and this kind of progression system that rewards you more the more you play. I feel like, um, how did you feel about kind of the act of playing through this game and you know fighting all these hordes and stuff like that? So I, I'm, I'm a
1: big fan of the devil may cry type type of games where you have different combo inputs to have higher rankings on your style or whatever. Mm -hmm. I really like that this game with the combo system that it has, it kind of feels like devil may cry, but without being as sweaty. So (laughs) if you just want to go through the entire stage, just pressing the X button, you can do it. Uh Uh-huh. But if you want to go through the entire stage being fancy and flourishing your axe and, you know, having insta-kills or whatever, you can do that too. So it's not a game that will gate you into a specific type of play style. Yeah. And
0: I really, really like that about this game. It's also cool. And I'm glad you brought that up, that scoring system. It's cool that the scoring system plays into how much experience you get at the end of the levels, but it also gives you benefits while you're playing to be at that perfect level. So you'll raise up from, I think it's like poor to good to excellent to perfect or something like that. Right. And when you're at perfect, you're like one-shotting enemies. Uh, You can just kind of cleave your way through dozens of enemies at a time, almost Musou style. Um, It's really cool how you're rewarded for doing well in combat by do by doing better in combat and then at the end they calculate all of that and they give you more experience points for doing well so those points when i did get to that like super high level it's not like you it's not like a scoring system where you need to constantly mix up your combos and you know do perfect parries and stuff like that like you'll get up to that perfect level just by doing well, however doing well looks to you. I mean, if you stand there and just press X over and over again, I don't think you'll get there, but like
1: you will, it's more like don't get hit. Uh, It's don't get hit. I think that basically it just don't get hit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But this game has a super forgiving parry. You can parry just about anything. Oh yeah. uh, Except for trolls. So yeah. Um,
1: So you also have, like I've, I've mentioned earlier, uh, when you press L2, R2, L1 and R1, all four, uh, Mm um, you kind of get like this, uh, burst of energy where if you kill one enemy, then your whole meter goes into perfect and anything you hit will die one hit. So there were a bunch of times where I would finish a stage where I would have like 80 perfects and like 20 pours. 30 goods, a couple of excellent. And like, I would have so many perfects that my experience would just grow like crazy. And whenever you would do an insta kill on an enemy, which would be parry and the ground stab button, um, Mm -hmm. you would go into perfect mode as well. So you don't necessarily have to build a combo. You can just break into perfect and just cheese the game. (laughs) <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, I forgot. I routinely forgot all about that kind of like burst uh move. So all of my perfects were just from you know building that up the old-fashioned way, I guess. But all right. <laughs> it it's not a really difficult game. If you just remember that like your block, like your parry is so good that if you just block, counterattack, use your combos, you'll do just fine. The only times when I really like got game overs in this game were when the missions had other things like protecting people. There is the the mission at Minas Tirith when you have to keep the walls from being overrun with orcs. I lost that several times before I figured out exactly what I needed to do. Uh, I already talked about the Black Gate protecting all the other characters. I lost a bunch in those levels, but like I rarely just got you know, whooped by enemies and like died myself, you know, not a super hard game in that way. No. And those,
1: there were like particular stages where I got the game over. Like you said, ministers protecting the ramparts. I safe stated the fuck out of that stage. And I I still had a rough time. Because not only did you have the ladders with orcs coming up and invading the wall so that you couldn't move through them, you also had the these towers coming and docking. And there were a couple of them that were on one side that you would have to go and shoot down with your magic because there wasn't yeah. a catapult to shoot them down. And then when you had to go to the catapult for the second time, there was an Azgul taking away the people that would shoot the catapult. And you would have to wait for somebody (laughs) else to come up. And then the NASCQ would try to take it away again. And that was kind of a headache. I I think that's the stage I liked the least (laughs) apart from (laughs) The Road of the Dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There is like a level of more old school game design where, like, I think if they made this game today, they would make it so that you just kind of progress through the level. It would have good checkpoints and it would be a lot harder to fail. This feels like an older era, you know, was 20 years ago, but an older right. era of game design where there would be like, here's the level, here are the objectives. Uh, you Just, you're going to replay the level as many times as it takes for you to do this perfectly and then you'll move on. Uh, that's how I felt about The Minas Tirith level, the Pelennor Fields level, uh, the Black Gate to some extent, um, kind of figuring out what your actual priorities are in that, because your priorities at the Black Gate is not to kill as many things as you can, it's to keep everyone else alive and then kill these six mini bosses that go on the stage at some point. But it's a lot of like figuring out exactly how to do the process of the level. Like, I prefer the levels where you're just kind of going through. That's why I like the Path of the Dead, because all you're doing is just moving through killing the stuff that's in your way, as opposed to, you know, puzzling out exactly what I need to do in Pelinor Fields and the most efficient route to get from place to place and all that shit. There is kind of like some of that old school design where it's like, no, nah, fuck you. Just learn it. Do it perfectly. Right. And at, at, there were
1: times where I was playing it where I was like, where the fuck is the checkpoint? And then yeah. <laughs> five yeah. minutes later will pop up. And I was like, God damn, finally. <laughs> yeah. That's why save states to
0: the rescue
1: again. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're playing old games like this, you can divide them into two camps of what's the back button. Is it the triangle or the circle? Because mm-hmm. then you know that the checkpoints are going to be kind of bullshit, depending on <laughs> which button they are. <laughs> but but no, going back to your point of of liking the, the stages there are a path, I feel like that's when the game is doing its best. Because like I said, my favorite path was the path of the Hobbit, because all three stages are, you know, a, a path that's that true. you have yeah. to take. Yeah, yeah. And I dislike the road of the dead as a first level, but going back to it, once you're leveled up and you have more abilities and everything, it's a whole different experience. So it's way better that way. So yeah, the the game is at its best when it's a path, uh, a linear game, not uh, an arena.
0: Yeah. I think some of the biggest bummers other than those like shuttle run or protection type of things uh, some of the biggest bummers is when they would just drop you in an area and say, okay, kill 80 orcs and then you can move on. Cause then it's just kind of, you know, you're just doing the same thing for a long time. The only time I didn't really mind it was in the, um, Isengard level. Cause you're fighting with the Ents and the Ents can hurt you too. If you like get under their feet and stuff. So right, kind of, kind of fun. It's the first level. It's not hard. So or it's the right. first level after like the Helm's Deep intro, but Yeah, those linear path levels where you're just kind of moving from spot to spot, killing everything along the path, those tend to be more cinematic and more fun. Yeah,
1: right. It's like the like Serathon goal. It says kill eighty orcs, but it's a linear stage. You 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 will kill them by the time you get to the end. Right. Especially if you use your environment environmental cues. Like, like the draw, man, the drawbridge is so funny. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah. I ran through a mob of orcs to get to the, the lever and I pulled it and that shit just killed all the orcs. <laughs> I just started laughing and my wife's like, what? <laughs> like I killed like five orcs with Sam in one go. <laughs> She's nice. like, what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one's great. Good times. Um, yeah, anything else about the gameplay that you think is noteworthy here before we wrap this up? No, not, not really. I think we've, we've covered it. Yeah. At its core, it's a pretty simple game. Um, Just, you know, presenting these scenes from the movie and stuff. So I guess I think this will be a pretty simple thought process for who to recommend this game to. But Chris, who would you recommend the Return of the King game to?
1: I, I would recommend this to somebody who has already played the two towers. Mm-hmm. and wants more Lord of the Rings or is a Lord of the Rings fiend and wants to play through the events of the third movie. I feel like there are way worse Lord of the Rings games out there that you can play. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fan of the series, if you went through the two towers and you want more, or if you like Devil May Cry games and you want something a little bit simpler, this is it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, fans of Lord of the Rings, because a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about as being really cool, like, you know, reliving the the Battle of Isengard or reliving the Pelennor Fields or something like that. If you're not a big fan of Lord of the Rings, a lot of that's going to be lost on you. But I, I do think that this is like if you're ambivalent on Lord of the Rings, I, I think this is still a pretty fun action game to just pick up and play, you know, run through the levels. Kill some orcs, use some magic, drop a fucking drawbridge on some people. It's going to be fun. Um, I think if you're out there and you like, if you can't stand the Lord of the Rings, then don't play this because this is extremely Lord of the Rings. Like, they're oh, yeah. going to show movie clips and everything. Like, this is kind of a celebration of the Return of the King movie, which is weird that it came out before the movie. Like, with especially with how long games take to make. Like, I guess those movies took a long time too, but... So at
1: the end of the game, it says, uh, the return of the King coming soon. Uh,
0: Oh shit. Does it? I missed that.
1: (laughs) It, it's, it like gives you like an ad after the game is over. And after seeing that and playing all the stages and thinking back on the game, I was like, was this game just an ad for the fucking movie?
0: (laughs) It's an expensive ad, but it's a fun one. (laughs) Oh yeah, it was. I mean
1: made me want to have another marathon. I'm sure my wife would be down for that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That, uh, that, that'll be a Thanksgiving or Christmas by the time people hear this, those will be long past, but yeah, I I think it's, (laughs) I think it's time for me to sit down and spend 13 hours with my favorite group of characters here. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty simple recommendation for fans of Lord of the Rings or fans of this kind of action game. I think it's good for both, but more so for the fans, for sure. Before we wrap this up, let's do our housekeeping as per tradition. Like I said at the top, Chris is one of the hosts of a Novel Console podcast along with his wife, Keridan. So Chris, tell people what's going on on a Novel Console and uh, where they can find it.
1: So basically, a Novel Console is a podcast that I do with my wife. Uh, We release episodes every Monday. Uh, We basically talk books, talk games, talk food, talk whatever caught our interest. Or if we went on a trip recently, we just talk about the trip and the amazing food that we had. Um, Mm -hmm. it's basically just an excuse for the two of us to tell each other the things that we like and things we're excited about or that we experienced that we think are awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, You know, we do have Lord of the Rings month. Uh, We call it Middle Earth March every year where I play games. (laughs) She reads books. Um, Dave comes on and tells us how much he loves the movies. Um, Uh And and we also do other theme months like Star Wars month. We tried to have the month this year, but Tears of the Kingdom sucked up my entire month of July. (laughs) So I couldn't play anything else. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's a great time. We have a lot of fun on the show. And it's basically... Uh, just a show that's going to go on for as long as we like each other. When we stop liking each other, we'll probably stop.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, obviously good chemistry between the two of you, but, uh, you know, fun conversations. Uh, the the food that you all talk about sounds great. And, you know, a lot of video game content on there too, like special video game focused episodes uh, with oh, yeah. other friends of, lots of uh, friends of Tales from the Backlog, uh, past yeah, guests, definitely. future guests. So, Yeah. Definitely a recommendation to check out a novel console for everybody. And if you want a place to start, you're listening to this, you probably, uh, you're at least fine with Lord of the Rings. Go check out the episode that we did all about Lord of the Rings in various media, because that was a really fun, uh, fun episode. Good conversation.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to thank you again for being on that episode. Cause I basically was like, Hey, are you cool to record this Wednesday? And you're like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're one of the lucky few that got me that way. Usually I'm like, man, I need like four weeks of notice before I can record it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> man, well, no, that, that is a
1: great episode. Great episode.
0: Uh, we, we should a lot on, uh, rings of power. Um, mm-hmm. yes, we did, but, you know,
1: uh, who doesn't, <laughs>
0: Yeah, people with good opinions—they do so. Right. Um, yeah, where can uh, where can people find a novel console other than searching on their favorite podcast app?
1: So we are on Twitter at a novel console on Facebook at a novel console on Instagram at a novel console. Uh, TikTok is pretty much dead. <laughs> I only mm-hmm. use that to message my friends and watch stupid videos. We don't post there anymore. Um, okay. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can do it through Twitter. We also have a Discord. Uh, we have a never-ending invite on the pinned tweet. So if you feel like joining us and making fun of our episodes with us and the stuff that we like, you're more than welcome to join our Discord. Um, Dave is there. Um, he yeah. he's met the mythical burger champ and uh, some other oh, yeah. podcasting friends like Thrack. So it's a it's a great time over there and. Uh, we're also on every single podcasting platform you can think of, except for Facebook, yeah. because Facebook doesn't like podcasters anymore. I think they only did podcasts for like six months and then they quit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, who who really does like podcasters? But um right? yeah, uh, fun, uh, fun discord server, a recommendation to uh, to join over there. It's a it's a really good, really tight knit uh community but very welcoming at the same time so it's it's a fun place to hang out um yeah so for tales from the backlog uh, you can join the tales from the backlog discord server we've got one too we have a, a awesome community in there come in and talk about lord of the rings i i somehow don't get enough of that so come on in talk about it especially if you played these games if you're interested in playing them come in and chat you'll find a link down in the show notes to join You can support the show by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast app if it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podcast Addict. So that way, when people search Return of the King on their podcast app, looking for podcasts about the movies, they'll find this episode instead.
1: (laughs) Yes. old bait and switch.
0: Oh, yeah. So um, you can uh, do that to help us out. Uh, Also, seeing a good rating and review uh, fills my heart with joy. So you you want that too. If you want to support the show monetarily, you can do that at patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson. As I said in the kind of pre-show uh, intro that I do, this episode won a Patreon poll to be on the show. I wanted to play a Lord of the Rings game. So I posted four games and let the people on Patreon vote. And this game was the winner via one of our patented Super Smash Brothers tiebreakers. So always a good time. Um, Once again, that's patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson. All patrons can vote in those polls and then higher tiers have more and more rewards as you go. And finally, I have another podcast called a top three podcast where we do top three lists and sometimes drafts. If you want an episode related to Lord of the Rings, you can check out our top three fictional battles episode which featured heavy Lord of the Rings discussion uh, because some of the best battles in fiction happen in this here series. So that's all. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on, dude. We we don't have any spoiler section, so I'm uh, kind of scrambling to how to, how to end the show, but I I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on again.
1: Uh, It was great. And, and to be honest, I'm happy that this game won when I saw that it went to the, the battle, uh, Smash Bros Battle, I started mm-hmm. sweating because I didn't want it to be uh the second shadow of war game because <laughs> <laughs> I played it already this year man and and that
0: game oh oh
1: man <laughs> it it makes me feel stuff that I don't like
0: <laughs> oh man yeah we we had kind of talked uh more behind the scenes tales from the backlog here we had we had talked, and we were basically like, okay, here's the four games I'm putting on Patreon. Are you cool with all of these? And you were like, yeah, whatever wins, I'll come on and talk about. Uh, So I I was happy that this game won too. The others were Shadow of War, Lord of the Rings Tactics from the PS2, which I had never heard of before, and uh, The Third Age, which is the Lord of the Rings meets Final Fantasy X game, which I, I still might play someday
1: it it's it's worth a play it it it's especially since you're probably going to play it on steam deck the steam deck does have a speed up feature oh which yeah, yeah you are going to need to get through the game <laughs> but it's still a very good game it's a very nice. solid well done rpg
0: nice nice and uh once again i'm happy that we got you on the show for an episode uh, on a game that we both enjoy after oh, yeah. um settling our differences during that eastward episode but hey uh, question are, are we going to cover the eastward dlc uh no i will not be playing the eastward <laughs> dlc no i i hope you kids have fun <laughs> uh but yeah man i i appreciate you i always enjoy talking with you so thanks for coming on yeah no man anytime anytime appreciate being here again All right. So everybody again, check out a novel console. You'll find a link down in the show notes so that you don't have to go searching and trying to spell things. We got you. Check down in the show notes. You'll find a link. And as always, thank you for listening. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog.